Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Let's check in with Hoop Scoop. We call him Kevin McPherson, but courtesy of Hogville.net. I guess maybe, Kevin, among the best news that Eric Musselman shared last night on Eric Musselman Live from Sassy's there on Steamboat Drive in Fayetteville was that Nick Jones, or Nick Jones, Nick Smith Jr., his knee was fine. It stiffened up at the end of the Oklahoma game. Uh, possibly could have returned if need be, but wasn't necessary. Arkansas had a comfortable lead. But, uh, in fact, he uh, posted on Twitter, Woo Pig Suey, WPS, uh, hello, North Little Rock. Getting ready for North yep. Little Rock. So, uh, great news on behalf of Nick Smith, Jr. You know, right after that game, I had a couple of folks reach out to me and tell me this wasn't a big deal, people that would know. I refrained from saying no when I asked that he would be playing Saturday, but that was what I was told would happen. Things can change. What I was told when he came off, I guess most of it in front of the stiffness, uh, the way that I heard it was something wasn't quite right, and he just – they went off the court into the dressing room, and what my understanding is they readjusted or, uh, the knee brace or the knee sleeve that he's wearing, whatever the apparatus is right now. It's not a true knee brace. Um, and, and, of course, he came back, and if you were watching on television, he was over there kind of at the end behind the bench standing up. And, you know, the fact that he was ready to play if needed, you know, certainly telegraphed the fact that, you know, he should be okay to play with a week off between games. And it's so interesting, guys, because here's a young man that this week was named SEC Freshman of the Week. Today, the, uh, the U.S. Basketball Writers Association named him the National Freshman of the Week. And last week, when you look at combining games, you know, 22 points in that, that tough win over Greensboro, um, and, then, and then you have the 21 points against OU, you know, he might have gone for 25-plus in that game because he came off with a little over five minutes left to go. Um, but, you know, but he, he had an outstanding week. It, it's only, it was only his fourth game back. Um, and, and, you know, when I look at what he's been doing offensively in concert with a guy like Ricky Council, who leads the SEC in scoring, Anthony Black, who's, you know, in the top three Arkansas scores when you can, when you count Council and Smith, uh, and does, you know, he's the second leading rebounder on the team. He's leads the team in assists. He leads the team in steals. Talking about Anthony Black. And then Devo Davis, you know, his double-double last week against Greensboro with the three steals in that game, made some big plays in that game. And I thought he played more within himself against Oklahoma and was very key, especially defending Grant Sherfield. You know, he and Ricky Council, Arkansas did a lot of switching, but I noticed they were guarding him quite a bit. And he had a hot start and a hot finish when the game was really out of reach for OU. But in between, he was awfully quiet. There was that leading score shooting 45% from three, and I thought Devo and Ricky did a great job on him. Ricky's getting better as a defender. So I went through all of that to say, at some point we've got to talk about life without Trevor in Brazil, but that backcourt, which I've been, I think I wrote a story two or three weeks ago before Nick got back into full swing, that this was going to be an actual elite backcourt nationally, not just the SEC. I don't think there's a doubt that it's the best backcourt in the SEC, and I think it's got a strong case that it's the best in the country, which I think once we do start talking about some of the things we've seen in a positive way on that front court, uh, stepping up since the loss of Brazil, 
it's all going to really come back down to that backcourt. I think Arkansas still can, can be that Final Four top team, even without the likes of Trevor and Brazil. Let's talk with uh, Kevin. Kevin, good afternoon. Welcome to Drive Time Sports. Thank you for taking my call. I was hoping to get um, Rick Rick's knowledge on this. Um, okay. But um, I guess maybe it applies to Kevin as well. With the transfer portal and all that coming in, both basketball and football and all sports, did they do away with that graduation requirement stuff? Wasn't it like an RPI ranking or some sort yes. of ranking system that they had to have and you lost scholarships? It was kind of my end of my time when I was finishing up and that stuff was just starting. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that has just gone by the wayside now or how does that really affect because some of these portal kids aren't even getting picked up. And uh, I'll hang up and listen. I didn't know if I'm, I'm out of touch on that and that stuff is is long gone, but I'd like uh, Rick was probably still around with all that. Yeah. So thank you for the K- time. KPR. Yeah, I believe the way it is, it's still in effect. I believe this is correct. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's how the player leaves your program, what academic status he leaves your program in. Now, every athlete that's going to enter the transfer portal needs to finish the semester to guarantee he or she is going to be eligible wherever they go. And so that's, right. that's so that's a factor. So if they leave your program in good academic standing, even if they don't graduate, then uh, I believe you're okay. I mean, you think I'm right that's, on that? That's correct, Rick. And I hear some of this stuff behind the scenes all the time, but I you know I can't talk about out here. But yeah, <laughs> believe me, that stuff's monitored and uh, not only monitored but managed. Hmm. Okay. Um, another, did you mention this one concerning Nick Smith Jr.? He made Dick Vitale's diaper dandy of the week. That was one that he was, um, honored by Dick Vitale, the USBWA National Freshman of the Week. Hey, with the NIL deal, uh, if you make Dick Vitale's diaper dandies, do you get some free Vaseline? Well, I thought you were going to say uh, diapers. Just curious uh, about I don't that. know if there was a Gerber deal in there or not, Rick. But, uh, Johnson and Johnson, who are, who are the big baby companies? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, but, you know, wow, that would kind of fell flat, Rick. You get all the you get all the mashed up baby carrots that you can eat, right? Well, you, you know, it's interesting. All these accolades that Nick's getting this week. The prior week, it was Ricky Council, the, the SEC's Player of the Week. The week before that, coming back from Maui, it was Anthony Black as the SEC co-freshman of the week. Mm-hmm. I keep talking about elite backcourt, but apparently people are taking notice that, that hand out these honors because Arkansas had an all-SEC selection three weeks in a row, and it's those backcourt guys. And we know Trevor Brazil's a guy. Now, he's gone, he's out, but he was a guy that was probably going to have his fair share. Um, and, and I'm not sure – that a guy like Makai Mitchell, who, by the way, averaged a double-double last week and was huge in those games. I mean, statistically, impact-wise, I really felt like even though he's been a starter all year, he's been mostly a first-half value and not as much second-half. I thought his last four halves of basketball against Greensboro, both halves, against Oklahoma, both halves, I think collectively, he's playing his best basketball for Arkansas. Average a double-double, he's also blocking shots. 
and getting steals. He's doing a little bit of everything. He's a good passer out there. Um, and so he's really raised his level of play. And then Jordan Walls, to me, arguably was the best two-way player against Oklahoma. When you look at offense and defense and, and playing, he looked the most comfortable I've seen him this season. He did a little bit of everything on both sides of the ball. And he probably did the best job of cutting off drivers of any of Arkansas's backcourt. I know Arkansas was trying to usually tries to funnel drives away from the middle, um, but the Arkansas didn't want to give up a lot of three-point shooting to a very good shooting Oklahoma team, which still shot very well, by the way. Uh, but you saw some of the Arkansas surrendering twos for threes and some drives. But Jordan Walsh wasn't, you know, he was the I think the toughest against drivers in that game. What an outstanding performance for him! Twelve points, made two threes. Uh, you know, had deflections, steals, blocks, rebounded, some really tough stick backs in traffic. Uh, and then that steal to go full to, to go the rest of the way and dunk it. Uh, when I thought Arkansas really in the blue collar stuff is where it really stood out against OU. There was a ma- massive difference there. Ten steals, five blocks for the Razorbacks, five steals on the block for the Sooners. And you, you had multiple hogs getting deflections and diving to the floor and just winning those 50 50 ball plays. And I thought Jordan Walsh was one of those outstanding uh, players contributing to that. Well, Kevin, talking about uh, someone who Ricky Council has impressed is the NBA Draft.net. This was five days ago, updated back on December the 8th. I'm not sure I have seen, and granted, I'm not watching other players from around the country to say that this is, you know, 100% absolute. But, I mean, this guy has gone from not even making the second round, maybe back in September, October, November, whatever it may be, to where now Ricky Council by NBADraft.net is at number 19, uh, according to NBADraft.net, to, to the uh, Brooklyn Nets. I mean, that is going from nowhere to just outside the lottery for Ricky Council. He keeps playing the way he's he's playing. Is it conceivable he could work his way into the lottery? Well, you don't rule something like that out. But, but, you know, I see him as a – right now, personally, I see him as a back-end first-round value. Um, I don't think he scratched the surface defensively of what he's going to be, and I think that's going to be big for him. Uh, his skill level at the high major level, breaking players down with crossover, some of the work he does. Um, you know, he's got elite. When you talk about how he's built, he's strong, he's 6'6", he's awfully quick. He's got A to B downhill uh, speed, uh, and then he's just a tough finisher around the basket. He's got a nice pull-up game as well. You know, three-point shooting something else that's not really a strength in his wheelhouse. Statistically, he's okay there. He's not a volume guy there. Uh, but right now, just my, my, you know, my take on it is he, he's got a chance to potentially have a back-end first-round value, and you don't rule out something like that, Randy, uh, de- depending upon his progression and what he adds to his game. There, there's potential for him, obviously, to make me think more highly of it. And I do think Nick Smith Jr. and, and Anthony Black are, are both lottery, solid lottery projections. You know, things could change on that as well. For the better or worse, I don't see how much better you can get the lottery other than how high you go in the lottery. Uh, but it's a not, Eric Mosman has a spoil of riches. We talk about it a lot. Don't forget Jordan Walls has been a projected draftee 
and a lot of mocks in second round now, but he's previously been projected first round. If he continues to progress and play like he did Saturday, that's another fir- late first round value at minimum, in my opinion. Uh, real potential there on the skill wise, you know, he's got a ways to go, but you know what? The NBA loves younger players. Uh, and they actually will reward guys with a higher pick, even if some of their development, they'd rather get them in their system and develop them than, than have them go to the college system. Not in every case, but in many cases. Well, for what it's worth, at number 28 to the New Orleans Pelicans, it is Jordan Walsh at number four to Charlotte, Anthony Black, number three, Detroit, Nick. Smith Jr. That was as of the Hang tight, Kevin. Rick Schaefer, I'm Randy Rainwater, joined again by Kevin McPherson, better known as Hoop Scoop, courtesy of Hogville.net. And, uh, Kevin, I got to ask you, uh, not a pleasant situation ongoing down in Austin, Texas, with Chris Beard. We have had several questions, at least through our Asher Record Service, Company Life and Feedback and otherwise, about Ron Holland. Can you see possibly his status changing based upon what is going on currently at uh, the University of Texas? I certainly could. I could see that changing. Um, it depends, I, I guess, on what happens at Texas. Um, I, You know, this is such a fresh situation, but just from what I've seen and gathered on it and read on it and read the police report, uh, it's pretty damning, and uh, you know, I'll be surprised if he's able to retain his job, but I'll, you know, uh, maybe he finds a way to do that, and then you've got to wonder how does that affect recruits and their families, you know, in terms of, you know, you know, do they put faith and trust in someone who they might consider, you know, having questionable character after something like that? I mean, you know, we're talking about felony assault so uh, and, and um you know it's a situation where i would think any recruit is going to take another look at things doesn't mean they'll change their mind it, you know let's say that beard's fired they might want to wait and see who's hired uh, let's say that he's retained and you know there's there's some form shape or fashion that this turns out to have been a false report which i don't believe based on what i've read but I can't. I don't know 100% that it's not. Um, so you know, I think there are things at play there that need to be resolved still. But I certainly think of Ron Holland. By the way, guys, we know Ron Holland attended that that exhibition game with Arkansas and Texas down in Austin, and then a few days later made his commitment on on Saturday in Tulsa. Another five star recruit who teamed up with Holland on Team USA over the summer. Um, and we're talking about David Castillo, the 6'2 point guard out of Bartlesville. ESPN ranked him the number eight player in the country, a five-star. He attended that Arkansas-Oklahoma uh, game on Saturday. He was there. He told me. I know, obviously, he now he's taken a couple of visits, uh, unofficial visits to Arkansas already. Uh, but here's a, you know, a high-level guy. Anytime you're ranked in the top ten nationally and you're a five-star, we know Arkansas has had recent success with that in uh, last year's class. And then you've signed – Effectively, Bay Fall, who's a top 15 five-star, another five-star Layden blocker, um, and now you're looking ahead to 2024, and a guy like David Castillo would be a great start. I'm not saying that he's even anywhere near close to make a decision, but he, he is 
very interested in Arkansas's program. Obviously, he was there at his in, at a game in his in state. You know, where Oklahoma's not far from where he is, um, and, the, and the Sooners are recruiting him, of course. Um, but, but you know, he, he's taken two unofficial visits, one each the last two falls. Um, the first two years ago, when Arkansas beat Texas in football, he was at that game. Uh, that was part of his unofficial visit. He'd attended practice that day, the basketball team. He attended that Arkansas uh, Longhorn football game, and during the game at Razorback, Reynolds Razorback Stadium, he was offered the scholarship by Musman. So, you know, there's good connection there, and I know he plans to come back and visit, um, but I thought it was noteworthy that he attended that game as Arkansas continues to cast that wide net and go after everybody, even the best players in the country. Is he the... Only 2024 that you're aware of, Kevin? That was at the game? No, I mean, that's that's under the Arkansas radar. That's Oh, Arkansas. no, there's, there's a lot more. You know, K. Honor Boateng here at Little Rock Central, ah, uh, yes. national number 13, according to Rivals. He's a five-star. He's had an Arkansas offer. And Arkansas coaches have been everywhere to see him spring and summer, around the country at these different grassroots events with the Arkansas Hawks at Adidas. Uh, they've been to see him at multiple practices, including starting in September when that recruiting period opened back up. Uh, and I'm sure they'll be out to see him play this year. I've seen him already play a couple of times and very impressed with him, obviously. Uh, on Burgess, who's class of 2025, and I think ultimately ultimately will be a five-star. And uh, he's already attended a couple of Arkansas games this year. And I think, you know, Arkansas coaches will come out to see him. And those are just a couple of in-state guys, but there are a lot of 2024 five-stars. Um, there was a, a a recent offer made to Elijah Moore uh, in the out of the, uh, plays up in the Bronx, New York, with Ian Jackson. Ian Jackson's the the class of 2024 five star that Arkansas coaches have already offered him, and they offered his teammate Moore, who's a, a sharpshooter. This guy's a premier shooting ace, top 75 recruit, a four star. So he recently got an offer, and we reported that maybe two weeks or so ago. But now there's a lot of a lot of four stars that have either unofficially visited. Um, and, or Arkansas's gone out to sea with offers. So uh, that's a class that Arkansas's already cast a wide net uh, with offers and real interest. When do you expect some kind of movement among these players? Well, I think a lot of it's going to come down to the to the spring and summer because their early period for signing will be next November. So it's going to kind of play out similarly. Similarly, they'll be able to take some junior year official visits. We'll start to see some of that. You know, I think Arkansas likes to be the visit list and when, when it's in their senior year. I've, I've noticed a pattern there uh, that they, they really kind of hold off on scheduling those until they're the, the final five of sen, sen, uh, senior year official visits that are available. Uh, so you start seeing some of those next summer. Uh, the last two years we started seeing players take visits in June, uh, which has always you know, sort of been a marker but you also had COVID in there that messed things up with timelines and on-campus stuff. So, you know, we'll see more and more unofficial visits, too. Through the year, players are in the middle of their season. Sometimes it's not convenient, but it seems like throughout the year, Arkansas gets folks on. I mean, last year it was Bayfall and Hassan Beedock came in for that Kentucky game, and that was in February. Uh, so, the, you know, that was an in-season unofficial visit. We see Arkansas doing that with players. Anthony Black was one that came in. Um, um, you know, so Arkansas had several that did it. Uh, I believe Ron Holland did multiple times as well. So, you know, we'll see more of that, especially as it gets more into the, 
you know, uh, February and March months. But we'll see even some before then, I'm very likely. In fact, I expect some of the local kids and recruits to be in North Little Rock unless they have games this weekend, uh, maybe come in to see Arkansas play Bradley. All right, this from our Asher Record Service Company live feed and feedback. Go Glove. Benson wants to know, Kevin, please rank your top four SEC teams in order at this point. Wow. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put Arkansas at number one and uh, Bama at two. I'll go Tennessee three. Um, and man, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, I'm not sure I'm ready to put Kentucky at four. Uh, it's a toss up there between that and that Mississippi state team that Chris Jans at Arkansas had to go up against, against New Mexico state to get, you know, in the NCAA tournament. That's just one of the, that coach knows how to coach defense. It's a nasty defensive team, hard to score on. And now he's in, a, in the SEC. Uh, that's a team that has an argument right now, I think for, for that top four, although, you know, the easy choice would be Kentucky, but and I think Auburn's struggling right now. They lost obviously at home to Memphis. That's a team I think that still should probably be ranked, but I'm not sure Auburn's not wasn't just a little overrated anyway. So you've got Arkansas, number one, number two. Did you say Tennessee at number two or Alabama? I had Alabama, Alabama. and then I had Tennessee. Tennessee. Uh huh. And then a toss three, up between Kentucky. Have, uh, Mississippi go, State. I'd probably go Mississippi, go Mississippi State, State right State. now. I'm going to give them a nod over yeah. Berkeley right now. Yeah, they are <laughs> allowing less than 50 points a game. Pretty impressive. I don't care who you play it yeah. against. That's like the guy, the defensive Walters, the defensive coordinator at Illinois, who's now the new coach at Purdue. It's unheard of. Only 12 points per game allowed this year by the Illini defense. That's that's just unheard of. All right, Kevin, we will talk with you later on this week. That's Kevin McPherson, better known as Poop Scoop.